Good morning, everyone. How are we? Can you hear me? Oh, that's good. So I thought when I turned up this morning, we'd have boats all parked out there and, and tethered. But anyway, <laughs> yesterday I got a, um, a video sent to me from a friend that lives just out at, um, was it uh, one mile out there? And she has quite a big property, and her kayak is literally floating around in the garden. So, yeah, a lot of rain, and uh, it's exciting for some of us and not exciting for others. Is that right? Lots of people are having a lot of difficulties this morning wherever they live. So, praise God. We, everybody here this morning mustn't have a leak in their house, because that's why you're here, right? Unless you just were getting so wet, you needed to get dry so you came to church. So anyway, but this morning, my title is, I'm never really good at titles, but I called it Whatever. And um, it's a word that we use at time to time, whatever. And whatever can be used in the context of negative, or it can be used in the context of positive. And a whatever in the wrong way is whatever. Whatever. And you got that look on your face. It's a real teenage one, right? Not going to go at the teenagers, but it's really te- when mum and dad ask them to do it, whatever. But, you know, all this, whatever. So, you know, it depends what your heart attitude is like. And I just want to paint a little bit of a picture this morning along these lines. And Jesus had started his ministry. Now, it was early days when Jesus had started his ministry. And he rolls up at Galilee by the lake, and it wasn't raining, okay? It was a clear, beautiful day. The sun was shining, the sky was blue, and he was there at the lake. But also was Simon and his mates. Now, Simon and his mates had been out fishing all night long, and they had just come in from fishing. Now, Jesus, he approaches Simon, Peter, because he wasn't called Peter at the time, he was called Simon Peter. He goes up to him and he says, do you think I could just use your boat? And Jesus basically just gets in the boat and he says to Simon, can you just push your boat a little bit out? The reason was Jesus had started his ministry and wherever Jesus went, things were happening. And the word was getting around about this Jesus this teacher, this master, because when Jesus came on the scene, people got healed. When Jesus came on the scene, miraculous stuff happened. Not only that, demons came screaming out of people and Jesus would say to the demon, shut up, be silent. He had command and he had authority. I remember being in India once and I was with this Indian pastor and we went into a village and there was a sorcerer there And he went up to her and he spoke to her. And next minute, she was screaming like I've never heard to the point I wanted to run. It was that scary, but it was a devil. And the same thing he said, shut up and be quiet. You know, when you know who you are and you have that authority, you can command because you have the backing of heaven behind you. And they'd never seen or heard anyone like Jesus And now they were pressing to get close to him. And that is one of the reasons Jesus said to Simon Peter, can I use your boat? Because he needed a platform to speak. 
Now, that's not the normal place to speak from a, from a place. It's not a usual platform, a boat. But Jesus used the boat. Now, Simon didn't really know who this Jesus was. He probably would have heard of Jesus and the fame. And I'll tell you why he had heard of Jesus. Because Jesus had been to his mother-in-law's house. His mother-in-law had been ill, very, very ill, to the point that people had said, can you come and pray for her? And so he had gone to Simon Peter's mother-in-law's house and he prayed for her. And the Bible says she was instantly healed. Instantly. So I imagine she got up, had a shower, got dressed. And the Bible says she served them. She made them food. And he would have heard about his mother-in-law being healed. So he knew this wasn't some ordinary man. This just, just wasn't a teacher There was something about this man, Jesus. And now Jesus is sat in his boat. And Jesus is preaching to the people that are on the shore. When Jesus finishes preaching, he turns around and he says to Simon, he says, launch out in the deep and let your nets down. Now, you've got to remember, Simon had been fishing all night long. And Simon could have easily said, well, uh, that's not happening. Whatever. That's not happening today. But, you know, there was something that the word of Jesus had caught his attention. And so he says to him, Master, we have worked all night long and we have caught nothing. Nothing at all. Nevertheless, at your word. At your word, Jesus. I will let down the net. He knew there was something about the word that Jesus had spoken. He could have said this, I'm so tired. I've been out all night long. Oh, where the fish run. Who do you think you are? Look, you just stick to your thing. Just stick to the miracles and the healings, but leave us alone. We know what we're doing. But you know, there was something about the words of Jesus I imagine he was very tired and hungry. And if you've ever done a night shift, and my hubby's done a lot of night shifts, all you want to do is crash into bed. But you know, he had this response, at your word, I will do this. There was something about, you said it, Jesus, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to take you at your word. At that moment, that was the only thing that mattered. And because Peter was obedient to the word, he went out and he cast his net into the deep. And because he did what Jesus asked him to do, it says there was a great miraculous catch of fish. The fish were so many that he had to shout, hey, guys, come on over, bring your boats. Look, I can't fit any more fish. And so they brought their boats and they filled the boats with the fish to the point, the Bible says, their boats were literally sinking. There was something that happened that day because he took on the word of Jesus. That day, he saw the miraculous. You know, this reminds me very much of the church. You know, if Pastor Greg and Robin and Chris and Tristan were the only ones that were doing all the work in the church. After a while, they'd be so burnt out, so tired, they'd have to close shop. 
But we are like the mates. We're coming over and we're coming over to give a hand. We, they need help. We need to come alongside and encourage and lift up. And that's what the church does. We don't want to stay small. We want to grow. We want to make room for people. The fish are community. The fish is the world. And Jesus said that he wants to make us fishers of men. You know, the miraculous happened that day. But I love this. It says this, that Peter became aware of his sin. Up to that point, Peter was not aware of his sin. You know, we sang a song this morning. The Lord is in this place. At that moment, that very moment, that very instant, Peter realized that the Lord was in this place, in his boat. That moment, his eyes had been opened. He realized he was in the presence of the Son of God. He realized, why did he say this? He said, he called him Lord. This is what he says. Peter says this. He became aware of his sin. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man. He felt his unworthiness right there and then before Jesus. And he calls him Lord. He realized this is the Lord. This just isn't anyone. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only that, that morning, his friends that were with him also witnessed that great catch, that they all too were amazed and they were astonished at what had taken place. Jesus says to them that he says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be fishers of men. You will catch men. It says this, Simon, James and John. They left their old life behind. That instant, they were changed because they had met the Lord in that place, in that boat. And at that moment, he said to them, follow me. They left everything. They just left. And they followed Jesus. Their life had new purpose. Their life had new meaning. They had found the Savior of the world. And their lives were never, ever going to be the same. What if Simon Peter chose not to respond to the word of Jesus? What if he chose not to cast his net into the deep? What if he ignored those words? He could have missed the miraculous. He could have missed his encounter with Jesus. You know, many times we miss the encounter because we say we have no time. We have no time, God. I'm so busy. I'm too busy. I have too many things to do. And that's exactly what Simon Peter could have said that day. He could have missed his moment. And we can miss our moment if we don't listen to what God is saying. Peter left his fishing days behind. And what is it that you need to leave behind? What is it those things that we need to cut off? He found a new life. What is it we need to leave? Is it judgment we need to leave behind? Is it bitterness? What about resentment? What about relationships that are so toxic toxic, that we need to leave behind? People that wrongly influence our lives. You know, God is speaking all the time to us. 
When was the last time you were like Peter and realised you were in the presence of the Lord? That's a question. When was the last time you realised you were in the presence of the Lord? You know, I know we refer to him as friend and saviour, but Peter had a holy moment and he didn't care who was watching. The Bible said he was on his knees. He fell on his knees at the feet of Jesus. And you know, sometimes we become so familiar with the presence of God that we don't realize that he's so holy and he's so powerful and he's in this place and wants to speak to us. You know, David, I love David. David understood the presence of God. He loved God so much with all his heart, all his soul, that he sang and worshiped God. He danced, he loved him so much. You know, David says this about the presence of God. For just one day of intimacy with you is like a thousand days of joy rolled into one. I'd rather stand at the threshold of God in the front of the gate of beautiful, ready to go in and worship my God than to live my life without you in the most beautiful palace of the wicked. He says, I don't care what the wicked places look like. I don't care how beautiful they are. I don't care how much gold is in there. I don't care what they've got to offer. I only care that I want to be in your presence, God. That's all that matters. He loved the presence of God. And now Peter had found the Lord. He was in his boat with him. I just want to give this one more scripture in the message about that same Psalm 4.10. He says, one day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship beats thousands spent on Greek islands. Now, I've been over there. Who's been to a Greek island? Anybody? They're beautiful. Stunning. The water is so enchanting. It is so enticing. So amazing. But David said, it is nothing. It absolutely pales into insignificance. It is nothing. You see, David had a real picture of who God was. He said, I'd rather scrub floors. I know we all love to scrub floors around here. He said, I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be honored as a guest in the palace of sin. You know, David would have loved to have been in that boat. He would have loved to have been where Peter was right there and then and experienced the Savior in the boat. You know, Peter was not perfect. Peter had his battles just like we do in life. He's just like us. But when we fail and we fall over, we need to keep coming back to the words of Jesus. You know, his word tells us to drop things in our lives, like our pride, things that hold us back, how we think about ourselves. You know, forgiving each other is so important. Putting foul language away, putting coarse jokes away, oh, I thought it was okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay to say whatever you want. You know, the Word of God speaks to us and tells us how to live. Maybe you're thinking, God doesn't speak to me. I never hear God tell me anything. Well, you know what? We have an opportunity every week to come to something like this and listen to what God has to say. I believe in worship is one of the most powerfulest times we can tap into the presence of God to hear what he has to say. 
You know, I just love that song, the Lord is in this place. You know, you either believe it or you don't. And we need to take it on that the Lord is in this place. Our attitude, whatever can keep our hearts closed off from the presence of God. We are surrounded by Bibles. We're surrounded by Bible apps. You can plug them into your ear and just walk around listening. There's no excuse for not knowing what the Word of God says to us. You know, China is still a place where you just can't do whatever you want to do. They don't have the freedom that we have. They can't just meet in a church like this and preach whatever they want to preach. They can't do that. Yes, they have churches, but it's all monitored. They just can't say and do. And I remember with my friends when we smuggled some Bibles into China many years ago, and we were at this restaurant that was closed down for the purpose of handing some of these Bibles out to people who were waiting. This lady literally danced around this restaurant with this Bible in her hand. Because for her, it was life. For her, she'd be able to read it. It was, it was life to her. And for us, we take so many things just for granted, whatever. But as we read the Word of God, we should ask the Holy Spirit to come and help us because He wants to speak to us. I want to finish with this little story. It's raining. I know. It's raining. But I love what Mary says at the wedding of Cana. A big wedding had been going on for three days. And it appeared that they were running out of wine. And wine was a big thing at the weddings. And she says to the servants, I don't know what Mary had to do with the servants, by the way. But she obviously took it upon herself. And she says to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. I mean, who does that? I've never gone to a wedding and taken home and go, you know, they're running out of wine. Can you fix the problem? But Mary did. She rocks up. She says, whatever he says, whatever Jesus says, do it. And they're thinking, what the heck? I mean, I would if I was serving at a wedding. But Jesus eventually rolls up to the guys and he says to them, take those pots, and these were big pots, take the pots and fill them up with water to the brim. To the brim. And they're thinking, okay. So they go out to the well. I don't think there was a tap. And they fill these big things up to the brim. And they bring them in, and then he says to them, draw some out. Get some water out of them, like put them into your jug. He says to the draw, draw them out. And fit, he says, and, hold on, let me find my, my point. He says, draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. Now, the master of the feast was probably like the man who did all this ceremony, the hosting and all that sort of thing. And so he was in charge of the feast. Remember up to that point, Jesus had not done one miracle. A miracle had never happened. And we've heard this before, there was no miracles. But Jesus had given two direct orders. He spoke twice that day. One, fill the pots with water to the brim. Then two, draw some out now 
and take it to the master of the ceremonies. They had a direct word, what to do with it. Now imagine, you're the one with the jug. Hold on, might need some help, Chris. (laughs) Jug, please. Now imagine you're the one with the jug of water. And you have to take this up to the master of ceremonies and you're thinking, why am I doing this? This is crazy. What am I supposed to do with it? I mean, it seemed a little embarrassing. But here he was taking the jug up and thinking, I don't know, what's happening here? But as he gets closer, I'm a magician this morning, right? He pours the water and it turns into wine. You can see it's turning into wine. Oh, stop, flowers. Turn into wine, right, Red? He turned it into wine. Now then, let's have a drink. It definitely tastes like wine. But anyway, you know, it says that as they poured the water, it doesn't say, and they poured the wine. It says, as they poured the water, it became wine. Now then, it says the master of the ceremonies was impressed. He was so impressed. He said, hold on, usually the best wine comes first, but you have left the best wine until last. Usually the inferior wine is the one we get, the one that nobody's like, oh, whatever, this tastes all right. You've got no idea what it tastes like. But it says this, although he didn't know where the wine had come from, but the servants knew. The servants knew exactly where that wine had come from. Because imagine if you were the one taking that jug of water and it and and nothing happened as you poured the wine. At least you could turn around and say, it was Jesus over there. He told us to bring that water to you. It's his fault. He thought you were all thirsty and needed a glass of water. But you know, they were obedient instead. They acted on the word. They could have said, uh, I don't know about that. But Mary had said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And they were obedient with those words, whatever he tells you to do. They were excited that day. But you know what? It was the spoken word and the act of, act of obedience that produced the results that day. You know, if you're thinking God doesn't speak to me like David, he, he doesn't, he's not, you know, I don't know if God's in my boat. I don't really feel the presence of God. I, I, I I just don't know. You know, I think often of this scripture here, if you think God isn't speaking to you, be like David. Be a little bold and ask him this, which is a scripture out of Psalm 139, verse 23. Investigate my life. That's a big one. Investigate my life, O God, and find out everything about me. Oh, that's scary. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine me. Test me and get a clear picture 
of what I'm about. See for yourself if I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. I reckon if you're bold like that and is serious about wanting God to speak to you, look out because he's going to respond. He's going to speak to you. And when he does, it should be this, whatever you're telling me to do, God, I'm going to do it. Whatever it is for my life, I'm going to take that on board, God, because I want your presence in my life. I want you in my boat. I don't want you to ever leave me. I want you with me all the time. Don't you just love that? Cross, examine me, test me, investigate my life. I just want to leave you with this this morning. Whatever he asks you to do, do it. Amen. Amen. Wasn't that a great word, hey? Put your hands together for those again. That was terrific. Does God speak in your life? Sometimes we've got to ask him to speak into our life. Let's pray, hey? Let's stand to our feet. We're going to finish with a song in a minute. Um, Maybe you're here this morning. You want to hear a word from God. There's a fair bit of noise going on. It's not just the rain. It's your life. And... uh, You just want to hear a word from God here this morning. Well, well, let's ask him for a word, hey? Let's do that. Let's pray that way. Father, we thank you, God, for your presence here. Lord, we know you can speak to us. God, you can speak to us through your word, through through the Bible, through the verse that you lay on our heart. You can speak to us through our circumstances, God. You can speak to us through another person, another godly person that speaks into our life. God, you can speak to us through your Holy Spirit and drop a word in our hearts. God, you can speak to us in so many different ways, God. It's our choice how we respond to that word. God, we, we, we are desperate for you. We want more of you in our lives. God, we want your word to be a central part of everything we do, everything we say, everything we are. And uh, Holy Spirit, we invite you in this morning. We ask you to drop that word into us encourage us to lift us up to give us guidance for the future and uh god we we love you and and we pray that in jesus precious name amen oh gosh we're gonna do a song to finish love you to come outside if you game and have coffee and tea and uh bit of fellowship out there even happy for you to bring it back inside i think so uh be safe this week, huh? Be safe and uh, let's, let's do a song. Thanks, guys.